Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king, Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua, Gangsta Time Cole. It's called Partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's up, Chris? What's good, everybody listening? Man, um, I just thought about the other drop, the... So this is some good, 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 good guns. <laughs> yeah. And man, I miss. I, I miss, hope he turns uh, his sword. In- I hope he turns his sword into some good, 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 good guns. Yo, that was so raw, and like, I was so excited for the series at that time, just for it to get cut so short. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the most random things. Yeah, I mean, a, l- a lot of your uh, Joshisms are here as sound drops. Uh, I'm trying to find this other one that you said. I thought I had this set up, but apparently... There's the ice in them. Oh, here it is. The world becomes my gun. That was for when you were talking about World Trigger at some point or something. And you were like, the world becomes my gun. But... Yeah, also joining us, it is uh, my uh, Edgelord producer, Edgelord Big News, Brian. What's up, nerds? <laughs> We're back. We're back for uh, a new episode of the show. Very excited. We got uh, a good amount of manga to talk about, so let's not waste any time. Let's get into plugs right away. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and check out my other podcast, The Sweekly uh we're working on season two right now but check out the entirety of season one 10 episodes uh very fun show i had a lot of i worked a lot really hard on so go check it out uh josh where can they find you you can find me at jd cole underscore 37 that's on instagram and at new jump city josh that's on twitter slash x um also make sure to say welcome back in the comments to Brian, who went over to Ninja Tower this weekend. What? Huh? Ninja Tower? Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's because he's cool. Brian does cool things. What the fuck are you talking I'm very confused as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something I should know? Did I say it wrong? Is it Lurker Tower? Tower? What are you talking about? A lurker tower. It's another name for it. It's not Ninja t- Oh my god. What was the dude's name, man? The fucking... Oh, Faker Tower. That's oh. Tower. I did That's not go to Faker fucking from. Tower. That's Isn't in that Korea, in Korea? Bro. That's <laughs> Korea. Yeah, man. Well, welcome, ba- welcome back from Faker Tower. It's I would love to go to fucking Korea, though. Because World is on right now. World? Yeah, Worlds. You don't know what Worlds is? No. No. It's a uh, it's the biggest uh tournament for League of Legends. It's like it's like the Super Bowl for League. Wow. wow. I think it's the biggest esports event in the world, though. God if damn. I'm correct. 
It's either that or Dota. Like Dota TI. Mm. Yeah, damn. Well, tell them where they can find you, Brian. You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. <laughs> yeah. Follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And we will answer it on the pre-show chat show that we do every week. Um, yeah, you know, we could uh, you could ask us any type of question. It doesn't have to be manga related. Um, if you just want to hear us uh, talk shit, that's the show for you. Uh, or you can comment under the videos that we put up on YouTube. Uh, your questions and we'll get back to you on the show as well uh like share subscribe to us on youtube uh if you if you prefer audio podcasts anyway which is what we pretty much are right now uh you can check us out on itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you listen to audio podcasts we're all up in there and we have been forever every single episode of the show uh can be found on on uh on those platforms uh, I think YouTube only has from like episode 75 onward. So, you know, check us out on that stuff. And um, without further ado, uh, I think that's it for the plugs. Let's get into the show. Oh, good. One Piece. This is One Piece chapter 1096, Kumachi. Okay, so last we left off, uh, the God Valley incident seems to have been starting to take place. Uh, it starts off by uh, the Celestial Dragons uh, landing on God Valley and choosing it for uh, their their weird hunk, hunting game thing that they do where they just unleash a bunch of their slaves onto an island and uh, hunt them along with the actual native inhabitants of the island they choose. Um, and it's a big competition among themselves uh, in order to win prizes. So, you know, that gets started. It's very it's very depressing as a concept. Um, and we open up with this two-page spread of just folks running away from, you know, everybody getting started. Uh, we see Fingerling... Uh, or Garling talking to uh, a couple other folks that seem to belong to really prestigious families uh, talking about like, watch this children. And they're all like talking competitively about hunting human beings. Um, so, you know, they're giving like everybody an hour's head start. Um, and we cut over to Navy headquarters where uh, we see, the uh, Grand Fleet Admiral uh, Kong uh, calling Garp, who seems to be just chilling right now <laughs> on a beach somewhere. Um, and they're tech, they're begging Garp to basically head over to uh, head over to God Valley to protect the Celestial Dragons uh, that are there from the Rocks Pirates. Uh, Garp mentions that, like, they shouldn't have messed with them, uh, on full lead, but, you know, who listens to me? Uh, it turns out that the treasures that they stole and the treasure, the treasures that they are offering as prizes were actually stolen from full lead. So wow. they had reason to I did not put that together when I was fucking reading this. Yeah. Holy shit. So, you know, obviously they, uh, the rocks pirates are 
suspected to come back and get what's theirs. Um, and, you know, the, the uh, Kong is just like, well, the thing is, we didn't think Roger would get involved. And that's when Garp is like, Roger, lead with that next time. I'm going. So, you know, Garp makes his way towards uh, God Valley. We see that the uh, pirates on Full of Lead just left to make their way to God Valley as well. And, um, yeah, the, the game has already begun. People are getting mowed down by Celestial Dragons and Holy Knights and all that stuff. Uh, Eva, we pick up where we last left off of the chapter where Eva is talking to Kuma and a bunch of other slaves that are there. Um, and they're like, uh, he's trying to convince them to kind of like escape and and realize that this game is entirely rigged. Um, one of the slaves is like, but if we survive for the next three weeks, we'll be free. And Eva's like, no, man, nobody ever fucking survives this game. You know, we have to escape right now. Um, and we see that um, Garland already has 100,000 points on his belt. So he's going after like high value targets, it seems. Um, we see that uh, because one of these slaves is a, sh is a fish man, he's able to bite through everybody's chains and, and free them. Uh, Ginny, the new character that was introduced last chapter, uh, is explaining that the key that the prizes that they that the celestial dragons are offering are the keys to escape. Um, one of them is the dragon the dragon devil fruit, the mythical dragon that Kaido gets in the future we know as, and of course the pawpaw fruit, which allows people to just basically teleport off of from wherever they are. And uh, basic, and that's the plan: is that to eat one of those fruits and are and become able to escape. Um, so you know, they they don't know how they're exactly going to get to the center of the island, but uh, Ginny sends out a transmission to someone outside the island, and um, hoping that somebody outside the island will hear them and help them out. I guess, um, and. They say, like, maybe we're going to need a decoy for our plan. And uh, Kuma volunteers himself to be the decoy because, you know, he's stronger than most people and, you know, he doesn't want to see anyone die. So, you know, they, uh, uh, I think Eva is inspired by his, like, his volunteering and he offers to go with Kuma uh, in order to get the fruits. Meanwhile, we get uh, a view from the outside uh, Navy ships are being attacked left and right as one of these ships, uh, a pirate ship makes landfall with Rox's uh, flag. And uh, we see the Rox pirates. Uh, you know, all the familiars are there. You know, we see Kaido, Big Mom, Whitebeard, Stussy. Uh, but we also see some uh, some older folks, some newer characters like uh, Gloriosa, the uh, former queen of Amazon Lily. We see Shiki from uh, Strong World. Golden Shiki. Yeah, Golden yeah. Lion Shiki. Uh, we see this new character who people uh, are saying that that's Captain John. And um, if you don't remember, I don't know who that is. yeah, uh, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, he's not like a, a super named character. We don't even know if this is him, but the connection. You would, you would tell me if it was, you would be like Josh. Yeah. Well, the, the only time we've seen a Captain John mentioned is uh, back in Impel Down. Uh, Luffy has this artifact 
that points to a Captain John's treasure that Buggy has been after forever. Oh, no, we've seen him before. We have seen him before. Where? Thriller Bark. Hmm. He's one of those I thought you were going to say he was with Bogard. Well, that's a pretty yeah, important guy to be put on. It's a pretty important guy to be put on there. I actually didn't know. I don't. I didn't remember that actually. Remember, he's that guy. He's that zombie that has a bottle. Mm-hmm. And the coat. Well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll come across him again. Uh, but in any case, yeah the the rocks pirates are all there. They're just like kind of talking. Um, they're there to retrieve the devil fruits. Um, Whitebeard is there because he's like, I just know that rocks will suit, lose sight of the goal. You know, and I guess he's keeping rocks in check. Um, is rocks the guy with rocks doesn't appear? Rocks doesn't appear in this chapter. That's Shiki, the guy with two swords. Oh, yeah, and he was on the rocks pirates. Yep. Uh, was Edward Newgate a rocks pirate? Yep, yeah, that's why he's there. Oh. Yeah, why he said who said I was your follower? Hmm? Oh. Well, well you know, I guess he's so like saying I think it's more of a alliance type deal with all these ships with all these pirate crews. It, it probably isn't necessarily that they were like subordinates necessarily, but more on the same level as, you know, Law and Luffy were. They were in an alliance cuz I'm sure that they all Who's had that? their own pirate crews at this point. Who's that with the snake? That's Gloriosa. She's uh, the former empress of uh, Amazon Lily. Is that what's her name's mom? I don't think it's her mom, but it's... Uh, it was just the empress. Yeah, it was the empress at the time. So whoever ruled at Amazon Lily at that time was on Roxas' crew, which is interesting. And who are they spec? And they're speculating that the guy, John, is the one drinking? Yes. But you know, we that nothing's been confirmed about that. That's just the idea. Um in any case, that that's been going on. And from you know, the the Navy catches wind of the Rock Pirates descending, but not only that, uh the Roger Pirates have also arrived. Uh so you know, that's exciting. <laughs> they're there. Uh there there's like some interesting kind of vague dialogue. Um, talking about how like it's been a whole year. Do you have any idea how I felt this whole time? I don't know what that necessarily means, but so uh, I think what they're referencing there is when Roger made it to Lodestar and he had to double back to get all the all the um, the poneglyphs. Mm. So it probably took him a year to like go back and do all that shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, he descends as the Holy Knights get ready for battle themselves. Uh, not only that, Garp also arrives with, uh, of course, his right-hand man, Bogard, sword already drawn. RGC, by the way. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> um, wait, it's my RGC. Just, uh, toss it out. All right. <laughs> Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. We get the goat. <laughs> you get the RGC. That's just how this works. Mm. Um. Well, you know, uh, throughout all the chaos, uh, Eva and uh, Kuma both arrive 
at uh, the the center of the island where the fruits are being held, but they are immediately attacked by Big Mom, uh, <laughs> who comes in and snatches the dragon fruit away from Eva. Um, Kuma retains his paw fruit and he eats it before uh, Big Mom can get her hands on it. Uh, and right as I guess he's going to use the fruit, uh, we see uh, Jay Garcia use his weird devil powers to like t- uh, telekinetically uh, snipe Kuma. Um, and he's like, ah, the buccaneer boy. Your only options are slavery and death. Yeah. History chose them for mm. you. And he's like, are you important, mister? It doesn't make sense that you're born important. And there's no reason for anyone to be born a slave. He's like, if I've got some power, then I want to be like Nika and save as many of these unfortunate people as I possibly can. And um, Saturn just responds with, uh, which is why you people will vanish for good. And uh, that's the end of what we know of the of what we see of the God Valley incident as uh, the narration takes us away, basically saying that this event would be lost to the dark shadows of history. And we cut over to the Sorbet Kingdom, uh, where we see that Kuma, Eva, and Ginny all managed to escape, along with over 500 people, it turns out, uh, Kuma was able to rescue. Um, they mentioned that, like, uh, the only news of the incident that got out was of Garp's heroics, and they won't talk about the probable many other things that happened that day. Um and of course, they drop Morgan's name because he's always instigating. You called him a hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Yeah, he puts out propaganda for the for the rich ruling class. Yeah. Um. So you know, Kuma, they they're all they're all living in this church that Kuma's family used to run, um, and. Uh, Eva's asking, he's like, why are you praying, Kuma? And he's like, I'm thinking of all the other lives I could have saved. And uh, Eva drops that, like, oh, come on, you saved over 500 people back there. That's amazing. And now that, and now you've got hands of liberation that set people free. And um, so it's a very sweet moment. Kuma's like, whoa, that's true, though. <laughs> hands of liberation. Um, so... At that point, uh, Eva goes off to sea to make the most of his freedom, and uh, Ginny decides to stay behind with Kuma to figure out her life, basically. Um, So, yeah. uh, The next few pages are uh, Kuma and Ginny making a life for themselves. Um, Some kids tried to... I guess they, like, chop wood and try to sell it. Um, And these two kids, who look a lot like characters that we've seen actually on Bonnie's crew um, arrive and try to pick on Kuma. Ginny beats them up, but then Kuma uses his abilities to uh, extract the pain from their bodies. And um, yeah, they're all, you know, working with Kuma now. And uh, Kuma and Ginny manage to make them make a, a nice little life for themselves where they can eat actual good food. And, um, you know, they have a nice dinner and, uh, Ginny asks uh, Kuma when did they turn him into a slave and Kuma answers that when he was four and she was like, me too. It's not something to celebrate. And, uh, you know, they're realizing it's really just occurring to them that they're full and they're happy and uh, they just start crying 
And that's where the chapter ends. Um, whew, lots of stuff going on here. But Josh, what did you think about One Piece chapter 1096? Um, it wasn't my favorite chapter, but I, I really did enjoy it a lot. Let me let me get to the part of the chapter that all right. So God God what's it called? God Valley. God Valley. So I always was, I, I I think we were shown a picture of it in the past when it was referenced. Not really. And, um we ha- we haven't seen like any detailed picture of it. This is the first like this flashback is the first we've actually seen of it. Hmm. As far as I remember, I would, at least. You know, because I just kind of assumed that the island looked like that because of like a, like a fight, because of like a, like an epic fight that split the mountain in two or something like that, like uh, an attack. And um, it, it it obviously wasn't this fight because it's already like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, I thought that could have been interesting, but whatever. Maybe it happened. Maybe there's like significance to this in the void century. Because this looks unnatural. Something definitely happened here. Um Bolala is I, I thought it was hilarious that like like that I realized that they stole the fruits from Fullalet Island. Um, and that's why they pulled up to come get them back. Uh, but Man, like the Marines and the, the Celestial Dragons is moving real shasty. Stealing from the pirates just to have a game to hunt humans. This fucking, yeah. This shit gotta stop. And then, all right, so anyway, I, I think we're, we're absolutely gonna get more information about um, this fight, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think that's that. I, you know, I, I don't know how you have to about that, but. Um, oh, yeah, this is not the last we'll see of God Valley. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but I think I think this is really cool. I, I hope we get a, a little bit longer of a flashback to show like everything Puma went through and how he became like a revolutionary. Like I, I see how certain seeds again planted. We'll probably end up um, seeing Luffy's dad eventually. You know, in this flashback, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm hoping this is like a revolutionary flashback. I think it will be to at least a certain extent. I would be I would be surprised if we didn't see Dragon during this flashback. That would be really cool. I feel like we're in for a big twist when it comes to when it comes to Zebek and Dragon and stuff. I feel like we're not gonna. I, I feel like the when when we do see Dragon, I feel like there's it's going to be a lot like the God Valley flashback where we don't get the whole story of how the revolutionaries were formed because I feel like that's a question for later. But I feel I I I think there we're going to see Garp for sure. Uh not Garp, uh Dragon for sure. Yeah, this feels like it it's too much there's too many revolutionaries for it to be a coincidence that Dragon wouldn't be here. Oh yeah, did you have uh, any other thoughts, Josh? I I, I definitely think it's a Oh yeah, yeah, they look exactly alike. Like the more I see him, the more I'm like, 
Oh yeah, that's Shanks' dad. And I'm also thinking he he has to have like he probably has Conqueror's talking too. And yeah, he probably has probably. a version of it. Similarly, there has to be something about him that's more than just his swords play. He probably like has that like that strength as well. Um I don't know. There was a lot of people talking about like this chapter and there's a lot of comparisons to some of the god knights that we've seen that they look just like some of the kids that Big Mom that not not Big Mom that uh what's her name Mo- Mother Carmel had if that makes any sense like the ones that were with um that are with Big Mom when she was young mhm that she was selling to to the Marines. I think some of them bear a resemblance to some of the God Knights that we saw in this chapter. Um, yeah, I remember them enough to really make that call on me. But and um, I don't know. I was I'm really I'm really bummed that we don't get to see more of the God Valley incident <laughs> just because of how big it is. But I think we're gonna see it through uh, Shanks's POV um the rest of it which i hope is the truth um what else happened this chapter i'm trying to remember um that was the whole thing with uh for some reason i'm fucking blanking on it um all right so Obviously, there's Bogard. Can't forget about fucking Bogard. Of course. Um, I think it's interesting that <laughs> all these fucking people showed up at, at the same time because of a fucking kid hacked into the radio, into the fucking snails and kind of spread the information. It's crazy that the biggest event in all of One Piece, like one of the biggest events of all time, was orchestrated by a child. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Um, and some people are saying that she has some similarity to Nami too, but I doubt it. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I would say that's maybe a stretch. But what I really liked about this chapter is how it set up all the fucking pieces for it to be, um, kind of expanded upon later. I'm so fucking hyped for when we actually get into it. Um, Specifically, uh, what happens with Garland and uh, Whitebeard? Because I think if uh, Shanks and Whitebeard are... Act- well, not Shanks and Whitebeard. If Whitebeard and Figurland are actually related, then that makes the line he said like a few years ago all the more valid. Where it's like, Oda really set this shit up that long ago. Like almost a decade ago, he set up this encounter in God Valley, which is just insane fucking foresight. If it actually happens. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to say. This chapter was fucking goaded. The way that Oda sets up, you know, future reveals is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I too am like, not, not, not that it takes away from the chapter at all, but I am also sad that we didn't get to see more of the God Valley stuff. Um, just because it's one of those things that sounds like just such an epic, like idea for a One Piece movie, even. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it could actually be the title One Piece God Valley for real. I mean, 
I would I wouldn't be mad if they did like the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero route and made that it when they get to the flashback of the actual flashback of God Valley, make it a movie. Cause that would be so sick. Yeah. So so sick. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so sick. Give it a big old budget and animate the shit out of it. It would be so cool. Um But yeah, I mean the what we did see of it was pretty epic. Um it was cool to see where Kuma got his powers from. Um I I don't know how he escapes from one of the five elders that's standing right in front of him. Uh, Somebody probably gets in the way. Much less with, yeah, probably, but I want to know who. <laughs> Rayleigh? Maybe Rayleigh. That would be sick. Rayleigh. Ro- Roger himself, probably. Imagine Roger versus one of these guys. That would be so cool. Yeah. It might be Big Mom because Big Mom hates Yeah, Big Mom is also right and... there. It's probably because he just literally smacked Kid in the face. Well, I don't know if Big Mom will care about that. Big Mom kills I mean, her. Own. She has she has mother mode. You don't remember when? Yeah, but she like eats mode. her. She eats the souls of her own kids. You know what I mean? I don't think she particularly like cares about children. She might just she might just have beef on sight with the elders. Yeah, I think she would just have beef on sight with the elders. That was that one time when she got mad that Tama got hurt. Oh, that was because like she had she was in amnesia mode and she also. Like, Tama fed her, or tried to feed her. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, she does. She dead ass does not care about her yeah, own kids. Yeah, I remember how happening. Yeah, she doesn't care about her kids until they're grown up. But when? when well, not even that much. Years. You know, she she killed an adult son. <laughs> yeah, an adult son, not a child son. You know what I mean? Well, they haven't crossed her. You know, I don't think she cares about kids that much. I think Tama was a special case because she was amnesia at the time and also tried to feed her. I feel like Big Mom's on the same kind of timing Luffy is. Is that if that if you feed her, she's like she likes you. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, it was cool to see the little like. Uh, one of the things I see with Kumo carrying that thing is that in the volumes of One Piece, sometimes. Oda would draw characters as children. And when he drew Kuma, he drew him carrying that bundle of sticks. And this was years ago. <laughs> it was like damn near a decade ago almost, I think. So, you know, it's always cool to see those little hints that he would drop in the volumes of just like characters' backstories. Yeah, he's been setting up the God Valley incident for years and it looks like he's going to continue to set up the God Valley incident God damn it. for more years to come. I'm tired of this setup. <laughs> Enough with the setup. That is actually insane. Yeah. But in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this was this uh, chapter was just like, you know, it was giving me that good dose of lore. Not good enough because I wanted to see more God Valley stuff, but I'll take any, any lore any lore drops that I could get. <laughs> I'm here for it. I really like I really like this chapter. It's not my favorite of the week. Um, but seeing everything, you know, come together in the God Valley incident was was really cool. And um it just got me more hyped to see the real thing. Um 
But, you know, this is Kuma's flashback, not necessarily a God Valley flashback. So it makes sense. The The focal point is Kuma here. But, yeah, that's where um, that that's my thoughts. Uh, do you guys have any rebuttals? Anything else to mention before we go? Um, nah. Okay. Nope. Well, that being said, uh, let us move onward. We call that easy money, GG. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, Chapter 405, The Final Boss. Um, last we left off, All Might was about to get ripped in half by uh, All for One and, until Bakugo managed to finally get up from uh, being dead and uh, work with work with Deku in order to get uh, to launch himself towards uh, all for one and uh, save all might, which is uh, a pretty sweet moment. Um, we open this chapter with everybody looking in awe as Bakugo manages to save all might. And um, we enter, I guess uh, all might's head where he seems to be talking to uh, night eye who's like, so, this isn't when it was supposed to happen. This isn't when I'm supposed to die. And uh, Nide was actually was like, actually, yes, it was. You were supposed to die here. Um, when I looked into your future and I saw your death, this is where I this is where I saw an ending. But you know, your promise is, is intact. So you know, it was a he made it uh, he made it work. You know. But everyone knows the old master. And All Might is like, but everybody knows that the old master is supposed to die and pass the torch. And Night Eye is like, you read too many comic books, Toshinori Yagi. This, and, he, and he's like, this is what my, I'm making my own hallucination say. And he's like, well, you're a hero, but you're also human. You can't possibly be ready to die. And um, yeah, uh, Bakugo lands with All Might, saves the fucking day. Uh, very, very cool moment for Bakugo. And he's like, Bakugo, are you okay? And he's like, that's my lane. You bagged up, you banged up bag of bones. Uh, he, he just starts, uh, spitting up blood. And then, uh, Ed shot emerges. And he's like, I believe it is my line as well. And he explains that he forced, uh, Bakugo to expel, uh, the blood that was pulled up inside him. So, you know, he should be a little more comfortable now. Um, and Ed Shot explains that his uh, he met he was he used his own body to mend his body his his body with bowline knots courtesy of the him hidden Hakai Hakamada style. Those repairs will not come unraveled, yet every breath you take will inflict hellish agony. Your body demands not action, but rest. And uh Bakugo just like clutches at his chest and is like Thank you for bringing me back, senpai. And uh, Edshot explains that actually he didn't really bring him back. All he did was hold him together. Despite his success in forcibly restarting his heart and lungs, the spark of life would not return. Uh, so, you know, he was pretty much at wit's end there. He had to, like, he was at a point in using his quirk that he had to make a judgment call between his own life and Bakugo's. But then he saw something rushing through his bloodstream, none other than something produced by Bakugo's body moments before his death. death. A tiny oh, yeah. bead of sweat 
that basically was like a defibrillator, I imagine, and exploded uh, a little bit and uh, brought him back to life. And he says, I only held you together. What brought you back was the power you've honed. So pretty cool. Um, Bakugo was like, I'm anyway, I assumed you'd be tangling well for one, but who's this runt I'm about to destroy? And uh, All Might is like, that guy, that runt is all for one. And uh, he asks uh, Bakugo to hold out his arm and he passes down uh, his little gauntlet down to him saying that like, it won't do its original job anymore, but it can still serve as a brace. Great explosion, murder god, dynamite. And um, yeah, All Might's gauntlet goes on to Bakugo he, and he says like, I wish I could have given you more. And uh, Bakugo responds with a with a cool little smile, a very All Might esque. And um, <laughs> I just noticed how fucking tight All for One looks in this photo. In this one panel where veins are just yeah. popping up on his face, and you know they're covering half of his face. Dude, it's crazy, and he's like, "No, that can wait." After coming this far, all for one for all, and my brother will be mine. And he says it. It uh, it requires uncompromised an uncompromised hijacking of Tomura's all too powerful will. I'll have to grant him my quirk and me with it. So you know, and he's just lamenting over the fact that like nothing's going the way I thought it would. My plans are falling apart. And um, all before his very eyes. Hmm. All before his very eyes. Yeah. He's like, this is harder than I thought. Um, and I guess as he's about to go and spring into action, Bakugo appears and he's just like, I'm the final boss all for one. And uh, he's he's just basically got his face, his hand on his face as he's about to explode it. Um, and I and interestingly enough, all for one gets a gets a little vision of the second wielder of all for one or one for all. Just as Bakugo just explodes him down onto the ground and shouts that one for all couldn't keep you in the ground, but we'll finish the job and then some. And uh, that's where the chapter ends. Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia chapter 405? I thought this was a very interesting way for Bakugo to have him brought back. I mean, I, I was fine with Edshot dying. And you know, they bring Bakugo back, but the fact <laughs> that he not. said his quirk awakened, you know, and helped bring him back, it, it, it was interesting. It was cool. Um, I, I want to see him fight now. That's what I'm looking for. So, I want to see what this new quirk does. I don't think it's a new quirk, I think it's just like an awakened version of it or whatever, like awakened fruits and the like. Uh, so. Probably just more explosions, just more. It's basically more swaggy explosions, I think. <sighs> Lots of like you know projectile explosions, cool stuff. Uh, anyway, there was a lot of really cool moments in here that really reminded me that this is based on like a comic book. These last few pages. Uh, when he's like, and he's got his hand on off one's head. He got there so fast. Like, yeah, I don't... Fast I don't, as fuck, boy. 
Yeah, man. All up in that nigga's grill. Like, yo, I got something for you. Bitch, nigga. <laughs> Boom. Same shit. Yo, I, he... He really did him greasy. Like, I, I'm not gonna hold you. I didn't expect this. Bakugo came. He's like, I'm, it's my turn. I'm next. Me and that other guy over there. Fucking cheese ball with 12,000 quirks. So, <laughs> but I'm mad, nigga, still. It's all right. I'm gonna put you in the fucking dirt, little boy. Yeah. You in the dirt, little boy. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, awful is, is an infant cow or whatever. He's, he's, he's young. I don't think he's, he's a wee, aged again yet. He's a wee lad. He is yeah, a, wee he's lad. a wee lad. As, uh, as uh, All Might once put it. Yeah, that I thought that was so funny the way that was worded. <laughs> You're just a little boy now, boy. <laughs> right. He said, I've beaten up little kids before. I can do <laughs> he this. did not say that, actually. <laughs> I mean, he's thinking that. I used to pick on little kids all the time. <laughs> <laughs> These hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> and that's why I was the symbol of peace. Because yeah. I had two pieces. Also, one has taken a lot of damage in the in the course of this arc. He's taken so much punishment, and you know, good for him for still standing. But he's had like eight forms at this point, like yeah. Frieza and his family. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's gonna be at the end of his rope pretty soon. You think he's got one more form left? I mean, the, the only other form I can think of is baby. Glow baby. Glow baby. He was the first. I'm telling you, that's got to be the story that he got jealous. It's got to be. Of everybody else's quirks. So he started absorbing them all? I don't know. I don't know about that one. No, nah, he he couldn't have been the first one. He couldn't have because his brother was the first user of all for one. I mean, one for all. And um, there was already a quirk society. So as much as I would have really enjoyed that to be, the, you know, for that to be the case, it's not. It's not Brian. It's not Chris. Anyway, those are my thoughts for this chapter. It was it was fun. Brian, what did you think? Again, the art fucking Horikoshi smashed it out the fucking park as per usual. Uh, he's just he's just fucking built different, bro. I don't understand how someone could be that fucking good at drawing. Especially on a week on a week to week basis. Like it's it's absolutely fucking insane. Um I thought is Edshot like is he dying or is he like? like what's I, I think he. You know what I? Th I was wondering that myself, and my guess is that like he say because Bakugo was able to like take that last extra step, it saves Edshot from dying. So I think he's just gonna be in bad condition for a while, but I think he'll live. 
because he mentions that like he was at the point where he had to like make the judgment call as to whether he was going to sacrifice his life. But then the the bead of sweat came in and he was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he had to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, thank God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank you. So wait, so did the bead of sweat save him then? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think that means he's just a noodle for the rest of his life though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. I you know. He just I think he's just going to become like Bakugo's sidekick. That'd be very funny. <laughs> well, he cut himself off from Bakugo, so he's like not going to be there. But I don't know. That's so fucked up, though. Like, I feel like this is a fate worse than death, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, well, I guess that's the that's the question. Would you rather be a noodle or die? Noodle or death, guys? That's the question for the day. Mm. Like, would you rather be a noodle or would you rather be a kid's heart? Noodle. <laughs> you want to be, <laughs> be a noodle? Would I have agency? Yeah, you'd, yeah you'd, you'd be, you, you're sentient. You're a sentient noodle with really cool hair. Oh, but I, but I have agency. Yeah, what I do mean. you mean? You, what, like, you, would I be able to move around at my own will, or would I really just be a noodle? Well, it looks like Ed Shot would plate. be a noodle that can move. It looks like Ed Shot can move. He's just like tired right now. Yeah, he can move and talk. As yeah, as I'd rather be the noodle. <laughs> um yeah i think i'd rather be noodle too death or noodle hey everybody write in uh comment email to neutralcitypod at gmail.com would you would you rather be dead or be a noodle no, like not dead headshot? be a kid's heart well he'd be dead he'd be a dead man no he'd be a heart no he would be dead he no, said his he says it here Nah, man, like, you don't understand. Like, he would be the kid's heart. Yeah, but so that's not being beating. alive. If the heart's beating, then he's alive. No, well, he'd be dead, Brian. He says it yeah, here. Yeah, he would, like, he would, like, like, you know, metaphorically. He'd be dead. He wouldn't be the heart, even. He would be stitches on a heart. Yeah, which is technically the heart. No, it's not. I don't think you know biology, Christian. Well, the question still stands. Would you rather be a noodle or die? <laughs> when you phrase it like that, I'd rather be the noodle. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be the noodle. I don't know if I could pick. I don't know if I could pick death. It does look like it would be a shitty life, though. You'd be a little noodle. He doesn't. All he is is an eyeball. He's basically a worm. Would you love me if I was still a worm? <laughs> yes, Brian. I would love you if you were still if you were a worm. That's Edshot. Edshot is the embodiment of that question. Yeah, for real. Would you um, love me if I was still a noodle? Honestly, I hope they drop the whole fucking great explosion murder god part and just call him dynamite because that would be fucking sick. Well, you could just call him dynamite. I don't think you have to say the whole thing. But it is 
pretty fucking sick that both Deku, Deku and Bakugo get a final boss and they're both the same kind of the same final boss. Yeah. I feel like this one kind of makes sense too because Bakugo does have some fucking I feel like he has more in it for wanting to fight um like the original all for one than Deku. Um considering that he was literally abducted by him. Mm. Like that's a funny way to put it. Yeah, I think they have beef, I would say. I'm just real I'm really excited to see how this fight goes out because man, I fucking miss Bakugo so much. Hopefully he does have a little extra kick due to edge shot, but I feel like that's not the case. Man, he better. If I become a noodle, you better be super powerful. <laughs> I may not be like dead, maybe, but I basically gave up my life as a person. Like maybe he could hide his sweat beads and just like make like a like a minefield of them. Well, I think that's what it is. Like um you know, that's what that's what all those sparkles are around them, you know. You can make probably like projectiles now without his gauntlets really. Yeah, those those are all my thoughts. Glad to have Bakugo back, doing his thing. Yeah, this was my RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. It just like uh, harkened me back to when My Hero Academia was like doing some really good character work with Bakugo. Uh, kind of early on. Uh, it just uh, shows how mu how far he's come, and he's one of my ca favorite characters in the series. So um, it was really cool to see him, like, kind of, like, all everything he's gone through culminate into this moment where he gets to basically take down one of the baddest villains of all time. You know? Yeah, that, like, officially puts him in the same, like, in the same area code as Deku. Yeah. So... And, you know, there's like a little uh, lore implication with the second user and all that, that, you know, most folks probably saw coming already that he's probably a distant relative of Bakugo's, but um, pretty excited to see where this goes. Uh, My Hero Academia is off next week, which... Probably because he has some fucking banging art cooking. Yeah, that's a possibility that he's, uh, he's drawn something up pretty sweet. Like right now, as we speak. Uh, so you know, very uh, very excited for this chapter. It was really an entertaining read for me. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad Edshot didn't die. That's nice. That's a nice little touch. I feel like it's weird that they didn't kill him. I don't mind it. You know, you know, it, there's nothing that like his death is like meh. You know what I mean? His death wouldn't really do anything for the story, so if he survives, it's not the worst thing. So, I feel like it would add more, like, motivation. Well, it would add more stakes. He's not dead, but Bro's life is over. He is a noodle. So he's a sidekick now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um, he's replica basically from World Trigger. He's a little yeah, weird. basically. He's like Mr. He's like a little worm man. Unless he can regenate think... from this. I imagine he could, nah, I, in I theory. Doubt it. I doubt it. 
I feel like it would make it would be cool if he's like Bakugo's biological Alfred or you know what I mean? Or like Friday. Let the man retire. He is a noodle. <laughs> what else is he gonna do? If with I'm him, I'm retiring. I'm not I'm not working what anymore. Gonna, what is he gonna do as a noodle? Not be not be in constant danger. He might as well be out there like doing shit. I don't know. Do whatever noodles do. Whatever <laughs> sentient noodles do. Just noodle boys doing what noodle boys do. <laughs> but all right. But those are all my thoughts. My hero excellence. Yeah. Again. Oh yeah, mine too. I mean, I really enjoyed this chapter a lot. It was my favorite chapter of the week. Um by a margin, you know, to be honest. Every everything was really good this week. But it was good to have Baku go back and and and, and have this moment with All Might himself too. Um mm. so uh also it doesn't really uh you know it, it it can only help to see Bakugo deliver some swift justice to all for one so that was sick where he just like slammed him down on the ground but yeah those were all my thoughts now uh you guys ready to move on to our next series yes sir then let's move on then Jujutsu Kaisen. This is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 240. Foolish survivor, live on. We get a color page, two-page spread here that looks pretty cool. What the fuck is going on with Itadori's arm? Why did he draw this like we're supposed to know what this is? <laughs> and they're really fronted on this for the chapter, too. Yeah, because he doesn't make an appearance in this either. Well, we won't it's know. This cool new arm shield thing. I don't know what it I remember is. Remember his cool new arm shield thing? It's like a monster. It's like a monster. He is a, he is a monster. He's a fucking beast. What is that? Is it a cursed tool? He's giving Chad vibes. I'm not feeling it. It is giving Chad vibes, huh? It's giving like he's his powers aren't actually cursed energy, but really <laughs> hollow. Yeah, and also Fullbringer. Same difference, right? No. They're different. You're different. Fullbringers don't have hollow powers? No. No, that was an entirely different thing. Anyway. <laughs> the chapter starts off with uh, something of a flashback. We see the angel talking to Hakari, uh, Okotsu, Mei, Mei, and um and kusakabe and uh the angel says that uh they think that they should attack kenjaku before they before the fight between gojo and sukuna ends um basically they're like beating sukuna won't mean anything if kenjaku achieves his goal of merging people with uh tengen so you know uh hakari is talking about how like judging by judging from kenjaku's addition to the rules eradicating all players may be a condition of ending the culling game so you know they're uh and uh they mentioned that like then why worry hikari and uh, okotsu says hikari and i are still players so as long as we're fighting sukuna kenjaku can't win yet you know because he has to end the culling game before he can merge everyone and the only way it ends is if like we're all dead or something um this is, this is where the rules get a little confusing to me. 
um, because I don't necessarily remember the whole vibe. But yeah, he's basically like, if we defeat Sukuna only for our own, only for our players to get annihilated, interfering would be useless. So you know, I guess they're saying that like, if it doesn't mean anything if they beat Sukuna, because then Kenjaku can come out of nowhere and take them all out while they're weakened. Um, so, you know, he could be counting on that. So that's why they need to take care of Kenjaku now so that if they all have to fight Sukuna, he can't catch them with, uh, by surprise with some other shit. Um, so Kusakabe is like, well, if we surprise him with just one fighter, maybe, maybe Zenin would have a chance by Zenin. He means Maki, obviously. So he's like, but we shouldn't divide our forces before fighting Sukuna. I mean, our assassin would have to be up for the, up to the task. And, you know, most grade one sor- sorcerers probably wouldn't be very good at it. Uh, and Mei Mei counts herself out because she has a record of running away. But the angel... LOL. <laughs> the angel nominates Fumihiko Takaba. And they're like, what? That one goofy player? And um, he says that... Uh, the angel says that... It, it could have a bad effect on his curse technique, so don't tell anyone what I'm about to say. Not even talk about himself. His curse technique is, and we cut back to Kenjaku fighting Takaba. Uh, Takaba's uh, Kenjaku's uh, attacks not having any um, effect on on Takaba. Takaba pulls off a Yu-Gi-Oh joke, where he's like. Hey, long-haired boy, you activated my trap card. And Kenjaku turns into Bandit Keith. Yes, you remember. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I was like, bro, that's the most random reference in the world. He's like turning Kenjaku into Bandit Keith. And um, Kenjaku thinks to himself, he's like, hmm, he can create... And control what he the things he imagines. So if I'm not careful, my jujutsu will have no effect, despite all the knowledge I've gained across a thousand years. Hmm. What a pesky player. But every curse technique has a weakness. What a pesky player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, he's uh Kenjaku asks, Who are you? And uh Takaba introduces himself. He says, uh, I'm Fumihiko Takaba. With Nabe Nabe Entertainment. I ain't bragging, but last year I made the first round of P1. And uh, Kenjaku's like, isn't the only thing about P1 how ho- how poorly it's handled? <laughs> He's like, you just pissed off every single comedian. Were you pissed off, Chris? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, dude, how'd you feel about that? I felt fine. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know what P1 Actually, was. I can't wait to hear your whole thoughts on this chapter, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... They start just basically talking about like TV shows, basically, uh, like funny TV shows. And uh, Takaba starts thinking, like, Whoa, I can actually have a conversation with this guy. Maybe this guy actually likes comedy. And uh, Takaba asks him why he's doing this and, uh, you know, making people kill each other and merge to give birth to monsters and stuff. And Kenjaku's was like, I've answered this question before, so. The short answer is that I'm intellectually curious. And uh, Takaba's like, so you would give up if you found something more interesting? And Kenjaku's like, possibly. And uh, I like the way his eyes looked when he said that. (laughs) Yeah, he said possibly. 
And he's like, you make me laugh if you can. It's written on your face. And uh, just all of a sudden, he has like a mirror, Kenjaku does, and the words make me laugh are printed on his face. And uh, Takaba goes like, okay, I'll do a simple gag. It's copyright free, so go ahead and use it as your own. And he just says a joke. He says, don't marry me. I don't watch you as my Wi-Fi. Joke kind of bombs. <laughs> doesn't do well. That's the hardest joke I've ever, <laughs> I've ever heard of. Genjaku doesn't love it. And he's like, let me guess. You thought that up at a coffee shop or when you were about to come or someplace you were about to connect with crappy Wi-Fi. <laughs> you said spot on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn. You knew. Yeah, and he continues to explain that folks in front of the TV at home might not get that joke. He says, for example, Take Haranashi's joke about how you can't stand up if you pull out your backbone. It's a quick set joke with a setup and a punchline, but your Wi-Fi joke is only a punchline, and that just won't cut it. And uh, Takaba's like, Ugh, it really sucks when someone rejects your joke logically. And then all of a sudden, they're in this like audition-type room. <laughs> And uh, he's like, consider your audience when crafting your jokes. And he el- he ends up elbowing Takaba super far, like through the forest, actually. And he's like, ha, ah, I could tell that one landed. And uh, he thinks to himself that activating his curse technique may require confidence and certainty. Um, Takaba yells back that he's never been, it doesn't matter. He's just a poser who's never been on stage. It doesn't matter if you don't get my jokes as long as other people do. And uh, Kenjaku's like, are you sure you should be the one saying that? So Takaba just like freezes up and he goes, let's go. Let's have a staring can- contest. Whoever, whoever laughs loses. Ready, set, go. And they make both funny faces. Kenjaku's yeah, is just Kenjaku. creepy. He just pulls up his head reveal the brain kunjaku in his head while the ghetto face makes a funny face and i guess like <laughs> this guy laughs <laughs> talk about laughs and uh <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> and uh talk takes a hit to the jaw sending him flying and he's like no fair man it was a staring contest and he starts thinking to himself is this amateur funnier than me now that i think about it it is humorous for a handsome guy with a fair with fair and delicate features to have long hair and wear a monk's robe. And what's with those mm. forehead stitches? It's all actually very funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he says the two types of comics will always be in demand. Comics who are funny and comics who, thinks, who think that they're funny. And he's like, it's okay. I am funny. I'm funny. And then he peeps at Hazanoki's dead body. And he mm. just like freezes up. And Kajuk was like, What's wrong? Go on, laugh. You're an entertainer, are you? And uh, dude, he looks terrified. Just be like, This ain't funny. Doing comedy with you is no fun. If we don't laugh, then why would the audience? Why did I ever become an entertainer? And that's where the chapter ends. <laughs> Very sad. Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen? Chapter 240. RGC, regrettably so. <laughs> regrettably? Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Well, I say regrettably because... I, let me just break it down. 
this was an excellent chapter. And I hated that it was excellent. This 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 is this gave me very similar vibes to Gojo in a sense of Versukuna, only because of this reason, right? Kenjaku is very strong. He's he said it himself, he's been around for a thousand years. He's not hold on. He's got he's got a wealth of knowledge and experience, and even against somebody who's seemingly invincible, just like Bojo, he thought like he thought he he decided to stay calm and figure out a way he could break through, and he just instinctively knew that he had a, a um an opening to attack, and he knew that something worked, so he was able to deduce from there. Um, I don't think we're about to see. Um, what's his name? The comedian? Uh, Takaba. Takaba? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see him die immediately in the next chapter. I don't, I don't think so. I think there's more to this fight. But I, I'm a little nervous. Kind of on pack watch right now. You guys know <laughs> what that is? Yes. You know, hashtag RIP Bozo and all of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> So like, and he's not a bozo, but it's okay. Okay, I'm gonna take y'all do a trip down memory lane. It was the uh, 2019 NBA playoffs, okay, and the Atlanta Hawks beat the Knicks in the first round, and then they went on to play the 76ers. This series would be known as the series that killed Ben Simmons' career. Mm-hmm. Although, right? So they played against the Sixers and, like, sort of stunned them, you know, ended up winning the series. But when, when, when they went, they went up three to, three to two on them. Or no, like, they went up three to one on them. And then I started seeing the memes, like, I've seen, like, like people posting shit on Twitter um, and one of them said it had Shannon Sharp with like a uh, with like a like smoking a blunt or something like that, and it had mad hashtags. I said, "Excuse me, hashtag Pack Watch, hashtag R.I.P. Bozos." Had I had like a few other ones like that was just straight violating. And I felt so bad because it's like, yo, the Sixers are a good team. They're just, it's just that Trey Young and the Hawks are going crazy right now for some reason. And that's how I feel. It's like, Takaba's dope. He's not, like, he's he's so awesome. But Kenjaku's such a fucking asshole. Like, he found a way to turn himself into the ultimate villain in a comedy series, which is someone trying to tell him that they're not that funny and they need to do things differently. Fuck that guy, man. Why is Gigi so good at this? Gigi only can do this so many times before. I can't, I may not be able to do nothing about that shit, but somebody's going to run. He's going to make enough enemies one day that he's going to catch himself in the elevator with somebody. They're going to be like, <laughs> I know who you are. And, and, you, and you cross the line. And I want to show you that there's consequences to that. And that's, you know, and it's like, 
you don't want that, Gigi. That's not the type of smoke you want in your life. That's not you don't want to live that anxious lifestyle where you always gotta look over your shoulder and you and you and you need a bodyguard with you at all times. Don't do it. Um, make him beat Kajaku. And then make the whole series be about them finding a way to beat Sukuna because he's he's enough. He's enough, bro. Kajaku's plan is whack anyway. I want to merge all the people of Japan with the big monster. Boo. <laughs> Boo. No one cares anyway. Let the comedian win. Okay. That was all my thoughts. That was a beautiful statement. Beautiful. All right. No, no. I got a little bit more to say. I'm sorry. I, I, all jokes aside, I thought it was really... I started feeling sad. When he started real and like losing to Kenjaku and realizing he wasn't that funny, and then when he seen the dead body and that shit got real for him, I I got I got nervous. I got nervous. Like like damn. Like I, I don't like where this is going. But I also started to gain hope. Like no, this isn't Gigi style. If he was gonna lose, he would have did it on some like he would have lost right now. It would have happened, or you know, but I don't. That's just not his style. I, I do feel like the fight is going to be prolonged whether he wins or loses. All right. That's it. Brian, what was your thoughts? Um, I do agree that this feels a little too soon for him to lose, if that makes any sense. Like, for a guy this powerful, I feel like there's something we don't know about his curse technique yet. Um... Yeah, and we're gonna find out about it. We didn't get the the background narration. Sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, it just makes sense, you know. Like they're setting. It's like they're setting him up to tell the funniest joke. If that makes any sense. Imagine it's a mama joke. (laughs) Yeah, like he, they, they, the odds are too stacked in his favor now, almost too quick, and I feel like. Is just going to turn back into Kenjaku's face. Again, I don't think he's going to lose, but I don't think he's going to die either. I feel like he's buying enough time for someone else to come in and take care of Kenjaku. I still think it's going to be Yuda. I think Yuda's going to show up here because, you know, that's this has always been his fight. It's always been him who had to take care of Kenjaku. Why do you keep saying that? Because they they have beef. Well, actually, I think the last time they fought it was Ghetto. Like, he didn't fight Kenjaku. Yeah, but Yuta said he was going to kill Kenjaku. Well. Wait, he, I thought he fought against... Oh, it was Kenjaku. He fought against oh, Ghetto in, in Zero. That was Ghetto. Wait, wait, wait. Ghetto was evil at that point? Yes. Zero takes place between the current timeline and the Gojo flashback, the, you know what I mean? Like the season two flashback. Okay. It goes season two flashback. It goes the timeline wise, chronologically, the story is Gojo's flashback in season two, Jujutsu Kaisen zero current timeline. Oh, okay. So that thing that happened with uh, with him fighting against uh, Megami's dad, that was before Zero. Yes, that was before Zero. And in Zero, 
Um, that's when Ghetto is evil. That's when Ghetto switches sides. So and Ghetto becomes was evil before Kenjaku took over his brain. Well, Ghetto dies. Gojo kills Ghetto at the end of Zero, and Kenjaku takes over Ghetto's corpse. How? We don't know yet, but that's that's basically what happened. Oh, that's why Gojo was so shocked to see him, and that's why Yo, like Ghetto really turned evil. Yeah. yeah. Well, he snapped because of what happened in that village. Oh, he hated humans, right? Yeah, he, that was his thing. He came to hate humans after what happened to Rena, the girl who's supposed to be the star plasma vessel. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't humans' fault what happened to Rena, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. A human killed her. Well, they're wow, all really they, they're all human. I think he it was more non-jujutsu sorcerers. Yeah. It was a non-jujutsu sorcerer that killed her? Yeah, that was Toji who killed her. Megumi's dad? Yeah. Yeah. He just showed up and fucking shot her in the face. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't represent all non-sorcerers. The fuck? Come yeah, on, man. Yeah, but then there were all those guys who were like, yeah, good shit. Yeah, but, you know, it was people who hired Toji. It was like non-sorcerers who hired Toji to kill that girl. I got it. I should. I really should go back and reread Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. Well, you know, season two is already on that point, so maybe if watch it goes on hiatus for like a month, I'll be able to reread it again. Yeah. I I think it's worth it rereading uh, it. That's what I did. I did it a while back just because like there's a lot of information that I just forgot. Dude, Ghetto's a bitch ass nigga, man. Bro. He started all of this. Cause he's a fucking bitch. <laughs> well, Ghetto was taken care of. He was dead. Kenjaku's Kenjaku's Kenja, Kenja, a bitch. What made him think he could beat? What made him think he could win against? Go against uh, Gojo. Well, he didn't go up against Gojo specifically. His plan was to separate Gojo and to attack Jujutsu High while he was taking care of stuff. And I, I, it, I think it was uh, Ikebukuro or Shibuya again. It was just some other like city. And while he was doing that, and then Yuta was able to. Yeah, then Yuta came him. in, who he didn't expect. Yeah, Yuta came in and beat Ghetto. And then... Did he at, kill Ghetto? No, Ghetto escaped Yuta. And then he was... But he was tracked down by Gojo, and then Gojo killed him. Mm. Damn. He didn't even want to talk to him? He did. He did talk to him a little bit, but he's like, you know I got to do this, right? Like, I know you're not going to change your mind, and you're going to keep trying, so... Damn. Yeah, it was a sad moment. Then he had the nerds to talk to him and I had to like, fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I'm like, ghetto, honestly, get the fuck out of my face, bro. Oh, you know, I guess once you kill a guy, you're even. Nah, because he started all of this, man. He put all of this into motion. 
Kenjaku was already working. He was around. He was, was Itadori's he? mom, probably, at this point. Oh, yeah, right. Was Kenjaku the one that set Toji into motion? No. No, that was other... He just got lucky. That was other things. He fronted on the Star Plasma Vessel. No, yeah. Kenjaku wasn't involved in that stuff, but... But he benefited from it. I mean, it worked out. It just happened to work out for him in that way. But I don't think he had anything to do with it. Star no plasma. Yeah. But, uh, Brian, did you have uh, any other thoughts? I don't remember where, we were, where, where you were, but... I don't remember either, but I feel like I covered everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. This was a this was a close second for me to be honest. Um I think My Hero Academia just edged it out a little bit this time around, but I really like how this was cuz I remember we was talked about Hmm? Is that a pun? No. Uh oh, cuz of headshot. No, I swear to god I did not mean that as a pun. What's <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I thought it was just like uh, we talked about how we had like a little bit of uh, curiosity as to whether uh, Takaba's awareness of his technique would be a detriment to him or not, and whether it's better that he's aware or not of his of his technique. And I think like now it, we know that like it wouldn't it wouldn't be the best thing for him to be aware of his technique as the angel angel puts it is that we don't really know if it's better for him to know that if it's, if he thinks, if he thinks it's funny, then it's will. Then, uh, if he thinks it's funny, then it will happen. It's good. It's best that he doesn't know that because then he'll just try to make things happen and they won't like the, there's a genuineness that has to come from like his technique or the application of his technique in order for it to work. Cause if he knows that the jokes that the jokes he tells are could in theory be the solution to his problems, then you know, that would be a pressure on him. You know? And he would definitely not feel funny if the things that he'll just if the things that he tries to make happen doesn't happen. So I think it's interesting in this little moment here where he's, I think that's the, that's probably if he is somehow somewhat triumphant in this fight, it's that realization of, you know, gaining the confidence to believe that he's funny and have that be, have that work in conjunction with his technique in general. You know, the aware, like having the awareness of it, not, impede his technique at all is I think the character moment here but yeah I, I love that his like technique works off confidence because that is kind of comedy you know a lot of it is about confidence and just like buying into yourself and, and you know believing in your ideas and what you think is funny so it makes sense that the weakness would be like the feeling that you get when you're bombing so yeah. I really appreciated that. I think it was a, 
a really smart uh, take on a, a power as broken as his. It's a good, like, um, balance to it that he's got to be confident. Because if you think about it, he was confident this whole time. Even if nobody finds his jokes funny, the fact, the mere fact that he thinks it's funny is what makes him so powerful. But, yeah. if, but if you take that away from him, then, you know, he's just a guy. A jag. He's what? A jag. A jag? Yeah. J-A-G. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a guy, yeah. He's just yeah, a guy. They... Steve Smith. Yeah, someone said that. <laughs> I think it was Steve. Another player. I think that's like British slang, isn't it? No, that was uh, that was uh, Steve Smith Sr. Yeah. He said it out about Jerry Judy. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's like, but they say that about players, like they say that about of, players, like, players all the time. In general, who are just another guy, but they, but specifically about Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's what that's what came up recently, where he was like, he's he's a jag, he's just a guy. He's just another guy out there. Yeah, but those, <laughs> <laughs> those are my thoughts on uh, Jujutsu Kaisen this week. Um, do you guys have any uh, rebuttals? Anything else to add? No, sir. Rebut this. What? Rebut these nuts in your mouth. Whoa. You had to get real zesty with it, bro. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> zest king. Rebut these nuts. He said, I need extra zest. <laughs> oh, my sandwich. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Jujutsu Kaisen. Fantastic chapter overall. I'm glad it's not on break next week. That's... I'm glad the Cowboys won. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy for you. The Giants shat the bed in miraculous fashion. But I watched that Applebee's. Did you see it? Yeah. And it was really Jets dumb. It was really dumb. How we lost. It was very dumb. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, this is very dumb. What was it? A pass, uh, uh, pass interference? No, what happened was, no, it was a jet. It was a Jets game. That was like the game before, but um, what happened was, they uh, they they were up ten to seven, and uh, yeah, Graham Gano missed a kick. Oh, and then they got the ball back. The Jets did, and then. Zach oh, Wilson, at like, at like the forty-five or something like that, right? Yeah. Then Zach Wilson took him to a field goal range, and then they made their kick, taking Sorry, it to no. overtime. And then in yeah. overtime, they should have just punted the ball away, bro. In overtime, the Giants got the ball first, and they had Devito throw nothing but screens. Like Saquon Barkley got the ball like three times. Then they punted it away, and then Zach Wilson turned it to Aaron Rodgers and took them down the field <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and then they won it with a field goal. Damn. So that was annoying. Yeah, we got a nice draft pick this year. For <laughs> next season? Yeah, next season. Anyway, get a nice wide receiver. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't trust our drafting process anymore. <laughs> we never get the right guys. It's very weird. We get like we have high draft picks, and we pick the wrong person every time. 
anyway, that's enough on that. Let's uh let's move on. Undead unluck. And with that, I'm uh, I'm gonna toss this over to Josh. All right, sorry, getting my phone up to Undead Unluck, but um, yeah, Undead Unluck chapter. I'm not sure because this app is acting slow. Um, I know last week, Amy pulled up to the scene and said, "What can I do to help Fuko Chan?" And uh, I guess that was the gist of it. I mean, you know. It was hitting the fan. It was finally getting sick. Oh, a whole fucking meteor was summoned because Fuko ran into um uh this because uh, Fuko ran into um Rip by accident, and she cares about all her friends super duper hard. So that makes uh unluck that much stronger. And yeah, so now a meteor is falling on them. But Andy's, I Andy's here to help. And they have a pretty good strategy, which is uh, to create another stroke of unlock equal to or stronger to counteract the meteor. Um, and yeah, that brings us to this week, chapter 181. One minute. Alternate child, uh, title, Naked Minute. Um, so Fuko is standing at her man in in disbelief for all his nakedness and 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 also for him not being around for so long uh but she doesn't have enough time to uh to really wonder about it so she starts telling him what he needs to do and she basically says go beat the shit out of sick for a little while uh while i operate so and that's what they do um andy pulls up the sick he tell he tell he says something that actually concerns me <laughs> as I get older. He says, you know, illnesses that affect sight, hearing, the heart, and lungs ain't, incur- they ain't incurable. Oh, so you can cure them. What? Yeah. yeah. That's oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Man, it scares uh, me that medic- dude, I'm like losing that my medicine eyesight. has evolved to the point where you could repair people's hearts. No, no, that's like I, I I worry about like two things: my lungs and my eyes. Yeah, those are two important. Shit, my hearing too. I, and and my breathing. And no, my I'm walking. just saying, like, because <laughs> I know I sometimes I feel like low key. I have, anyway, I'm not getting into all that right now. <laughs> no. Um, he, but so Andy's like, look, like they ain't incurable and you see I'm undead, bud. So hold these, uh, part bullet, uh, forearms, but maybe that's what Idador is going to do. Um, anyway, so I love how sick is still cut in half because it can't be repaired. So he's just like two pieces talking. Um, yeah. are both sides saying words? I guess so. I guess no, no, they, they both have to be talking. Right? They're in sync, right? Yeah. Um, And then... He's... Yeah, so, okay. As he's talking, he gets stuck by unmoved. And then he's able to shoot the... Like, his... Pick stuff through him. I, I, I don't know. 
he said talking about I already had this trick beat. I don't really understand what's happening there. What do you mean? Oh, the unmove. Did he attack? Did he attack? Oh yeah, no. Last time they tried to use unmove, uh, he did a similar thing that Andy did and peeled off his skin to allow the muscles and stuff that this guy couldn't see to move. Oh, that's what he says. I'll just peel off. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. That is how he beat Unmoved before. Boom. But anyway, so... So so he gets caught by Unmoved. Sick is looking around for Andy because he disappeared. But Andy flew above him and kicks him in the fucking head and buries him with a meteor smashed. It's like it's like if you get spiked on stage, but then you get buried. That yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, excuse me, out of sneeze. Bless you. Thank you. Okay, so um, yeah, sticks gets stick gets his head stomped in as well as the rest of his body into the ground. And then uh, Andy starts telling all the other negators what to do. He says, you say using draw. Uh, Eastern passed me one of those pauldrons. I guess that's a shield. Um, Gina put unchanged on the ground and matched the shape. Sure. Uh And then then Sick is just like, what? (laughs) And it's like, uh, so uh, basically um, he's stuck in place because of undraw and unchanged. Um, in the ground, and there's this unbreakable barrier above his head, and Andy basically uh, launches his best move while being centered. Uh, Dead Road, which is a beam of 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 blood. It's basically as cool as it gets for this series, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty rad and edge. Dead Road. Dead Road. Can I get that drop? Which one? I don't know. A rock one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay. Uh, so. He's, he pushes him down into the earth pretty far. Uh, he's like. Ah! <laughs> 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 it's funny because Andy's like, look, I don't. I don't need to look for your for your core. I'm gonna smash all of you together into into place. And I guess it's working. He's uh like, good damn it. And yeah, so I guess it uh yeah breaks him down to his core. Um, and something then then things start getting a little weird. So um, someone recognizes that there's cracks in the ground. And then we cut to something else. So someone someone says move, huh? Uh boring. Um uh so we see apocalypse uh you know the book that hands them the missions and and rewards and all of that in quest. And he's talking to what looks like a fucking seven-sided die or something like that with a mouth looks like a uma like a yeah uma that's coin. the that's the move you may oh that's the move you may mm-hmm. oh because he's a dice i get it that makes yeah that ooh. 
Pretty cool. So, um, Apocalypse was like, why are you interfering in the sacred quest? And he's like, oh, undead is boring. What I want to see is the negators with one life to live, clashing in the best and quickest way possible. That'll never happen with undead in the way. He's too meta against six power. <laughs> it's no contest. Rather him get away, he won't be showing up again anyway. And then Apocalypse is like, damn, every last one of you. So uh, a little bit of foreshadowing. So Move is interfering with the fight, I'm assuming. And I, I guess that makes sense. Like, Andy is definitely, like, a super uh, uh, bad matchup against Sick. Like, yeah. the whole point of Sick is to make people hurt so they can't live on and do anything. And Andy's like, this is nothing. This is Tuesday, bitch. Like, uh, we're back to saving uh, they're back to saving uh, Layla on the table um, oh they, 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 she did the job and they're like it's perfect Fugo and uh, so now she needs to go she says moves rift I don't know if that's her or noticing I don't know if that I need a little bit more explanation I think it's that. her so, noticing but, that move is, is doing stuff Right, I, I guess, but it's that's coming out of nowhere. But I guess we'll get more information soon. So she's like, "Look, I need." Uh, so Fuko's like, "Look, I need uh, you ripping lot and uh, Lotla to charge your attack." Uh, you know, it, it's time to kill sick for good. And then she goes up to Andy, and she's like, "Oh, she runs up to Andy so that they could like you know link up." In order to uh, summon, uh, you know, uh, a big enough stroke of unluck, and uh, they're like, everyone else is freaking the fuck out because they're like, oh, what does that mean? Like something bad, like something even worse is about to happen. Um, Nico has his doubts, but he, he's about to find out. Uh, so Andy's phone is starting to disappear. Um, he doesn't really have that much time left to help him out. Um, so then that's when he acts for a lot to hit him with the charge move and they send that nigga into space. Yeah, I want that's going to be a death battle seat one of these days. I know it. The fact that his head got launched into space, <laughs> uh, I bet. And um, his head aligns with a comet, and the comet intersects the media. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the day is saved. Everyone's like, how the fuck did that even happen? And, you know, it's magic. It's negation. So, instantly. Uh, Foucault noticed, like, they no notices something. And um, she goes and jumps into, like, this random like hole. oh so she goes and she goes to jump into like the area where uh stick got buried at but like disappeared from and because she has like a hunch that like you know she couldn't find andy like anywhere on earth and it was as if he wasn't even in this world like in this realm so maybe he was in a different dimension i think she was kind of trying to imply and she sees like oh like there's another 
what she's calling the flip side of this world. Um, she says that, you know, it has to be a place where sick retreated to. There's no telling where the, the gate might open next. Andy has given us this chance. I won't let it pass you by as she goes and sees another fucking uh, union table with what looks like oh, a few other people. But is this where Move was at? Was Move here? Yeah, Move was brought to this area. I don't see him now. Oh, wait, there he is. I think he's this thing split in half where the 10 is. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, probably. But yeah, man, we, we got some new goons, yo. New villain group. I think these are the master yes, rules. This, huh? I think these are the master rules. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So these are the Espada. Yeah. <laughs> is that a trope? Yeah, I mean, you know, villain group, the exact same amount of numbers as the good guy group. That's awesome. That's literally as good as it gets. Did it all start with the Powerpuff Girls when they fought against the Rowdy Rebels? Is that where it all started? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I'm not that. saying in all the fiction. I'm talking about like for childhood. Like I'm wondering, was that the mm. first like when I was like, yo, a counterpart team? Um, no, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, there's just Captain the, and the League and the Captain Legion of Doom. Planet. Remember Captain Planet? Right. It was the poison one. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Well, anyway, that was on Dead Unlocked this week. And uh, Christian, what were your extensive and and well detailed thoughts about this chapter? Um, I I thought I really had fun reading this chapter. Although I would say that I think like the layouts and the panels were a little like chaotic. It was hard for me to follow some stuff. Mm. You know, like, I couldn't tell when he disappeared. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that could have been communicated a little better, that there was, like, a gate in the first place. So I guess I was confused as to when that happened. Um, But, you know, eventually I put the I put the pieces together a little bit. And uh, the Andy stuff, I think the the point is that he just redirected the comet because the comet was going after him. Oh. So once it got Andy, oh, it just sense. Yeah, once it got Andy, it just disappeared, I guess. Wow. But yeah, one of the things that was interesting about this chapter as well is when they were talking about how Andy because this is a clone, Andy is somewhere he can't be found and his main body can't get out of wherever he is. I thought that was kind of interesting and uh, added some intrigue as to where Andy is. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking about that for a while. I thought like the coordination of the abilities was really cool. Um, using unbreakable, undraw and unchange at the same time uh, was pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the I more like the combo attacks. Yeah. It's one of the cool things about this series is that uh, they're very good at coordinating these unique powers and working together. 
So yeah, it was, I, I really had a good time reading this one. Um, but yeah, those are all my thoughts really. Um, Josh, what did you think? Uh, like I said, I think it's super cool that they're introducing the villains in this way. Uh, <laughs> Andy came and shut it down. And I like how they kind of brought up the fact that, yeah, like she's definitely searched for him and made it a priority, but seemed like he was nowhere at all. So, not a way to communicate. She uh, just went forward with her own plan and have faith. So things are getting pretty interesting. I really appreciate your explanation. Like, I'm looking back through the pages, and yeah, I guess he made it change. He what? I guess he made it change directions. You're right. Uh, that's crazy. Anyway, no, no, those are my my thoughts. I mean, I'm glad it's not. I mean, Undead is rarely ever on break, but I'm glad it's not because I'm really looking forward to how this next chapter is going to go, how this conversation is going to go. Imagine they all set it on Foucault and they're like, you stupid bitch. (laughs) They just jump her. (laughs) You thought you was really that good, huh? You've been you've been on top of your game for almost our entire year in the Shonen Jump. But guess what, Fuko? <laughs> you fucked up this time. Yeah. You know, I will say that it is cool to see, like, a sense of the challenges getting tougher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the first time that, like, Fuko has, like, been challenged, really. Like, yeah. the other... It's been getting progressively harder, but having that moment in the last chapter where Sick like cuts her hair off to make it touch Rip was such a cool moment, like strategically. And it, it is just an indication that, like, it's not gonna, Fuko doesn't have everything planned out. There's always gonna be like hitches yeah. in the road, which, you know, makes sense. You can't possibly have every little bit of anything planned out. So that was cool. All right, and she is unluck too, like at her core. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah, that was Undead Unlock. And uh, that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram at new jump city, Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B dot ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check us out. Uh, email us at new jump city pod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And we will answer it on our pre-show chat show that comes out usually uh, a day or two after the main show drops. Um, we love answering questions on there and just talking about random shit so uh, hit us up on that comment under the video version of the podcast that we put out and uh, we'll answer any questions you comment on there as well that would be super cool uh, and uh, like share subscribe while you're at it uh, if you prefer audio podcasts we're pretty much on every audio platform imaginable so check us out listen to the podcast give us a five star review on any of the platforms that you are listening on and 
Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe, New Jump, New Jump citizens.